0: This is the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 67. I'm Thomas. I'm Jaden.
1: I'm Dakota. I'm Matt. And I'm Austin.
0: We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation.
2: Because the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training
0: our, you know, our defensive mindsets, we're also working you know in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings.
3: Welcome back oh, to the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 67. Right when you are listening to this, I will be in the hills of Guatemala. Cool. So, someone else take over because I'm, I'm not here. I know I'm me too. Here. I'm not here, so someone else take over.
1: That's funny. Should we just like do the entire episode acting like you're not here, like we recorded it live? But, sure. Like, you, you had to be here to do everything. Go for it. All right, where do we start? I guess I'm
4: spearheading today.
3: Um, Yeah, because I'm not here. (laughs)
4: Right. So uh, you have to
1: narrate as well, so.
4: (laughs) Okay, good. Um, So I'm still working through the Old Testament, Um, today's.
1: Everyone, like, hangs Everybody right clicked after off. Can... Everybody just clicked Today off. we're going to be going through the book yeah, of numbers. I'm gone, I'm gone, Aver- average viewership length forty five seconds. Oh wait,
3: so you know what? I actually, actually
1: we're have... going to title this the book of numbers. <laughs> so get, like three two views. views.
3: Um, <laughs> I actually have something really interesting. I was walking out of the gym the other day at uh, up here at the Planet Fitness, and there's a track. Uh, it's Tractor Supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. The Tractor Supply right beside there was a there was a guy there was a Small person, because I think that's the politically correct way to say it. Little, L- a little person, mm-hmm. a little person, and this black guy were sitting at a table, and I like I clocked him out of the. It
1: sounds like a joke. <laughs> I like you're setting up for a punchline, man. You gotta be careful. No,
3: but they they were sitting at this table, and I cl- they were sitting outside of a Tractor Supply, and I was like, that's weird. And I just clocked him out of the corner of my eye, and I was walking to the truck, and then I heard the the black guy like yelling, but he was just speaking, like he's just a very loud person and he he was saying the word spiritual and spirituality a ton and i was like what in the world and then i I walked over to my truck and i'm just kind of listening while i'm putting my bags back into my truck and i i was like man i should go talk to them and i went over and talked to them and they are a company that do free rehab centers um that are christian based and they have 13 states on their roster and they drive to each not each state every weekend but a state every weekend and go and set up in front of like businesses and just talk to people so i stood and i talked to him for a long time and we ended up talking about numbers in a church and like church politics and he and he said to me he's like you can't forget about numbers there's a whole book in the bible about it you you never know when god will speak to you about numbers (laughs) <laughs> and I was like you've obviously never read numbers
4: <laughs> yeah it's, it doesn't have anything to do with math or arithmetic although um, some of the I, I actually think that uh, the original Hebrew text it, the title was whatever the Hebrew word is for arithmetic um, or math or something like that but yeah it doesn't have anything to do with math it doesn't have much to do with numbers at all aside, aside from a census which is cool because it as I've been going through the Old Testament, I've um, tried to summarize each book with just a few words. Um, Genesis was like creation, Exodus was um, deliverance and salvation or something like that, Um, but for numbers, the three words I tried to sum it up with were organization, consequences, and rewards. Which I guess you could almost take rewards out of there. It could be focused down to organization and consequences because I think a reward is a consequence a lot of times um, for good actions or whatever. But um, as I read through numbers, I tried to look at this book as more of a lesson in our walk with Christ rather than just a story, which is is how I've been. transitioning my view, which I think I touched on this a few episodes ago, which is how I've been transitioning my view um, as I walk through the Old Testament, because it can be really boring, um, the Old Testament, if you're just reading it strictly as a story. Now, I'm kind of invested at this point, so it's intriguing, but um, if you read it as more of uh, a symbol of our life and our walk, it makes it a lot more eye-opening in my opinion. Um, Just because I I think that, and I touched on this before about how Genesis is, how we were created. Exodus Exodus is whenever we find God and he brings us out of bondage or in that scenario was the um, slavery that the Israelites were in under the Egyptians. And then you transition towards um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, which has mainly to do with sacrifice. So after we're created, and after we're saved, then we have to sacrifice some of the things that were holding us back from our walk with God and were burdening us. So you go from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, um, to Numbers. And after we— Do you sp-
3: know—so you, you're four books in? Yeah. Do you know how many books are in the Old Testament? No, I don't. There's 39.
4: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Still. <laughs> what? Well, well, you walk through—this is called what, again, the— the torah yeah. right yes. genesis through uh, De- deuteronomy yes, so i'm wrapping fine. i'm wrapping up the torah so what i'm thinking is and I, I don't know yet because i haven't gotten there but what i'm thinking is the torah is a walk with god mm-hmm. i think i don't know that i don't know if any of that's true but i'm thinking that's probably where it's headed so where i'm at right now is okay if leviticus is about sacrificing and giving up the old in order to pursue something new well now numbers is about pursuing something new in an orderly fashion, making sure that it's organized, and then also understanding that there is consequences for the decisions that we make moving forward. But there's also rewards for the decisions that we make in alignment with God's plan. Mm -hmm. So I think consequences aren't necessarily a bad thing. We oftentimes think consequences of our actions are always painted in a negative picture. And there are a lot of negative points coming through numbers here that show, okay, you made a bad decision. Well, now God's going to open up the earth, and you're going to fall down into it, and he's going to close it again. There's there's negative connotation between consequences here, but there's also a lot of places where the people who trusted God and trusted his plan were... Um, rewarded as well, whether that be monetarily or through an inheritance or so on and so forth, um, they were blessed.
3: Is consequences the right word, or is it just like cause and effect?
4: Mm, I don't know. What's the definition? I think of technically that could probably
1: consequences go. Consequences can be good or bad. Yeah, they don't can have. to they? Be, Yeah, they don't have. to Okay. Be bad.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That because like I feel like you're right. Con- consequences has a negative connotation. Yeah, we think about it. It's all right. You're seven years from the mic, but they can hear you.
0: Wah. <laughs> <Wow>.
1: <laughs> Yikes.
4: But regardless. Seven years now. <laughs> a numbers. measurement of distance. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> numbers opens up with the first census of Israel. Um, and it's not just a census of all of the people, but it's a census of... Um, Everything they
3: have, right?
4: Um, I think it mainly just focuses around uh, men that were able to... Okay, so here it is. Take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel by their families, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male individually from 20 years old and above who were able to go to war in Israel.
3: So that right there is actually the origin of the problem of the story of the jesus fight feeds five thousand that the number of five thousand when he feeds them with the fish and the bread is not anywhere near the number it would have actually would have been because of that they're only counting men mm. who are able-bodied not old men not women not children and yeah. there's so many more than that
4: hmm. interesting to sound strong i guess yeah
3: Well, even back in those times, and we learned this when we were looking at Exodus, back in those times, they inflated numbers like crazy to make them sound
2: bigger.
4: Yeah, because that's all you had. Mm -hmm. It's not like there were pictures or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Interesting. It's just word of mouth and what was written down. Um, But regardless, so like I talked about um, Leviticus uh, being mainly geared around sacrifice. All right, so we sacrifice our old ways to incorporate new ways to continue to walk with God. Well now that we're walking with God, it doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, and moving forward in your walk with God, you're going to, you're going to run into things that, um, you're going to run into the world that tries to tear you down and try to, uh, steer your path in the wrong direction that God doesn't want you on. He has a plan. If we stick to the plan, um, there's rewards there, but the world tries to derail you. And I think that it, might be one of the reasons why we're getting organized, but we're also preparing for battle because moving forward in life, it's not going to be easy. And we're going to run into a lot of things that try to stop us and a lot of people that try to stop us. So gearing up right now, moving forward to start to take over the world um, is essentially what I think is happening here. Mm -hmm. Um, So... It opens up with getting organized, getting a feel for all right. Let's get let's get ready to head into war. Let's gather up all of the people that we need to do so. And moving forward through the book, I'm, I'm not going to cover all of it, but it's again mainly focused around organization, placement of Israel's tribes. Which, a fun fact, they they had um, four separate areas um, in the north, south, east, and west. Um, in the north, actually, let's start with the west. So Interesting choice. In the, in, well, you'll see why. So <laughs> in in the west, um, there were four tribes. There's four tribes in each of these directions, but in the west there were four tribes. The total was a hundred and eight thousand. In the north, the total was a hundred and fifty-seven thousand. In the south, the total was a hundred and fifty-one thousand. And in the east, the total was 186,000. So
3: there weren't many in the west?
4: There weren't many in the west. Um, there was just about an equal number in the north and the south, and there were a lot more in the east.
3: So if you actually... What were the tribes in those locations?
4: Um, are you wondering where the... Uh,
3: like, were the priests in the west? Is that why there were less?
4: Um, I don't know.
0: Okay, that's fine.
4: I don't know, but... Um, Regardless, there's a lot more in the east than there are anywhere else. So think about the east as the longest. What I'm trying to gather up here is this was in the shape of a cross. Mm-hmm. The north and the south were pretty similar: 151,000 The west was again one hundred eight. The east was about one hundred eighty-six.
3: Does it say why they did that? Why they split them up in cardinal directions like that?
4: Um, I don't know. I don't know why here, on the on the east side uh, toward the rising of the sun. Those are the standard forces with Jude, with Judah. Uh, blah. blah. I, I I don't really know. Okay, so know. the tribe
3: of Judah was in the east. Mm-hmm. Who were they? They were the warriors, weren't they? Um, I don't I don't remember. I'm I'm asking Thomas.
0: Judah Judah was,
3: um,
4: the line of
0: Jesus, right? Hmm.
4: Was he? I don't know. I think
0: so. Right? the line, yeah, of, the line, of, the line of, of Judah. Judah. Yeah.
4: I can't. Rem- I can't
3: remember all of the different tribes and their purposes, though. No, me
0: well, I believe the Levites, <clears throat> Levites were the, the priests. priests yeah.
3: Know. Does it say the Levites were in the west? If it does, then that's cool. The the, the Levites
4: the were not numbered among the children of Israel, just as the Lord commanded Moses. So the Levites were why? in the middle with the tabernacle, correct? They, oh, because the
3: the they were the oh, priests. Oh, I get yeah. it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, it's just little tidbits. I think that, like like I was saying, I'm trying to blow things up now so it's not just like a boring story. Like, okay, what's the bigger picture here? It can't mm-hmm. just be like all of this stuff is there just for history purposes. There has to be a, a larger meaning. So that's what I've been trying to gather as I read through it. Otherwise, again, it can get pretty boring. Um, but regardless, Numbers opens up with a census, getting everybody prepared for war. Like I said, I think that, that that's preparing us for – struggles in life strife sorrow suffering um and so on getting us prepared to actually battle those things now it opens with a census and it close the the book of numbers closes with um not a census but a record so in numbers what's the difference numbers 33 so a census is just gathering up people and counting people 33 is a record and basically the roadmap of the journey um, from Egypt to uh, like Canaan, around Canaan. Canaan. Yes.
0: Cana or Can- Canaan or Can- Canaan?
4: Canaan. Canaan. So it, Numbers 33 says that these are the journeys of the children of Israel who went out of the land of Egypt from their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now Moses wrote down the starting points of their journeys at the command of the Lord, and these are their journeys according to their starting points blah 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 blah. they departed from Ramses Blah 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 it goes on and on and on about basically numbers 33 sums up Egypt or sums up uh, Exodus the whole way through to Leviticus and Mount Sinai to where they're at now mm-hmm. and it outlines everywhere that they came from up until this point right now and it says that they did this at the command of the Lord, so you got to ask yourself, like, okay, why was it so important to write all of this stuff down? We already have it, you know what I mean? Like, we we already have all of this stuff. If you go back through and read it, mm-hmm. why was it so Im- imperative? Why did the Lord command them to summarize it here in this chapter? And I, I think, I think it's because God doesn't want us to forget where we came from um, because he has a plan for us and he made a promise to us and he made a promise to the Israelites again trying to rein this back into our lives now what we can learn from the story um, he prepared us for battle he led us out of bondage in Egypt went through the desert and through m- multiple um, Struggles, strife, complaints, killings, murders, Um, they went through uh, a lot of different lands and people trying to take them over, but they would take them over. God always saved his people and pulled through for his people, and I think that the Lord wanted all of them to write. Because, I mean, this this is a couple generations now at this point, walking through the desert. I think that the Lord wanted them to write it all down to force them to almost understand in a way like hey this is this is where you came from. don't forget it mm-hmm. you know um, And I think that uh, God doesn't want to for, want us to forget our past and forget everything that we did everything that He did for us because keep in mind that he's making them do this right before they enter into the land of milk and honey and, and all of the things that are that he's promised them all this time. I don't think that he wants to just hand he's making a line in not a line in the sand but making a point to know that making a point for them to not forget where they came from because of how important it is to him of the love and provision that he had moving forward through the desert I think is the is what he's trying to show here. I just think that that verse is so or that entire chapter is so powerful it, it literally outlines everywhere that they came from in Deep, deep detail, and it's like, why is that so important? You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I think the the thing that I mean, you guys have heard me say it before, but what we learn from census in the Bible and all of those things is God cares for the individual. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the that's the big picture I get of, out of all of those things is that the individual matters each person named matters everyone matters i think that's pretty cool mhm
4: for sure but you also look so again um taking the uh torah now at a high level overview from 30,000 feet you look at whenever the egyptians or whenever the israelites were in bondage when god saved them and brought them out of bondage what was the first thing that they did whenever they left egypt complained well they complained but that was after they went through the red sea mm. so jesus or not i guess uh, moses parted the red sea god parted the red sea through moses but they all walked through that water and I, I think that that's meant to represent um, baptism in a way, too, mm-hmm. which I think is actually brought up later on in the New Testament. I don't know that for a fact, but for some reason, I'm thinking that. Um, they were in bondage. God brought them out of bondage, baptized them, and it didn't get easy from there. They actually continued to doubt, and they continued to, to struggle and complain constantly um, but God still saw them through, and He brought them to the point now that He promised them. Which I'm, I'm anticipating now that maybe this land of milk and honey is represent, a representation of either heaven or our walk with God um, in laying down everything aside from God and following Him with our whole heart in in the. In the sweetness that that has to it, I don't know which one it will be, but I have a feeling it's going to be one of those. Yeah, I really think that the Torah is represent is a representation of a Christian's life in their walk from non-believer to believer or from non-Christian to Christian. Does that sound? I mean, is this making sense? Yeah, totally off the wall here.
3: No, yeah, I think I think that's. I think a lot of people look at the Bible in the wrong way of 66 books that have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. It's 66 books that tell a cohesive story. And when you when you do what you're doing, which is read through all of them in the same, like in order, it, it really, what's the word? Um, opens your eyes to that cohesive story. But when you don't read it, then that story doesn't really make sense and you get things out of context and you don't understand the person of god Mm -hmm. so yes i i think that you are making sense and i i really like that you're going through it book by book and i'm jealous
4: (laughs) you can join me
3: you're four books ahead of me
4: starting deuteronomy already a couple chapters in
3: should i just skip the three books i know i read genesis and Exodus, so you're only two books ahead of me really
4: I've pretty much summed everything up thus far. I mean, there's a couple things that I've missed here and there, but I, I really believe that that's what the Torah is all about, which I'm curious to see after you get through Deuteronomy. What's after Deuteronomy? Joshua, which Judges, book? Joshua judges Ruth. What are those books Ruth about?
3: is a really good judges. book. Judges <laughs> is a really good book. So I think, I think the cool thing is that you've gotten out of the monotony that a lot of people get stuck at. And you're about to burst through into the, whoa, these are really cool stories about God's people doing what God wants them to do. Even when they're not doing it the whole time, they end up doing God's work. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And like Judges, the whole book of Judges is like, they didn't want a king. Or they wanted a king and God was like, here's Judges instead, you don't need a king. Yes. Yes. Yes.
4: Yeah, so, anyhow, so, um, Numbers 13 talks about um, whenever they were scoping out Canaan, or yes, yes, they are scoping out Canaan, um, they sent spies in into Canaan just to, mm-hmm. to see what it's like. I think they sent...
1: 12 spies correct and
3: one was Caleb and one was Joshua right and they
1: were the only two I forget is it 12
0: yeah 12 sounds right one from each tribe it was either 12 or 24 I think it was one it was either one or
3: two from each tribe yeah you're right
4: okay so I think that this is another another symbol or idea of okay um, we're we're gonna God has a plan for us he has a destination for us Um, we don't always trust that plan we don't always listen to that plan Um, and there's always going to be a piece of doubt there and now they sent the spies out Moses sent the spy out of the land of Canaan and said to them go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak few or many whether the land they dwell in is good or bad whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds whether the land is rich or poor or whether there are forests there or not. He's basically prefacing, like, you know how before you give somebody bad news, Mm -hmm. you got to, like, make sure that, like, you calm them down a little bit so whenever they actually get the bad news, they're not, like, totally caught off guard. Yeah, Um, I think that that's what Moses is trying (laughs) to do. You're like, hey, whether it's this, whether it's that, like, this is, I think Moses almost knew that, like, he knew that, that God was going to use this as an example for them. A teaching moment. Right. So I think Moses knew that, and he's, like, thinking, this is going to – I have a feeling this is going to be really, really bad. So he's <laughs> like, i got to get in front of this right now. You, you're like <laughs> – we, we do it, like, in sales all the time. You always get in front of the objection. You know what the objection is. I mean, like, I, I know whenever I sit down with someone what the, the objection is going to be, and I already know how to handle the objection before we sit down. I think that this is the same – the same scenario where Moses knows what's best for them and he knows what they're going to come back to them with. So he's, he's getting in front of the objection already by saying, hey, whether this sucks or not, he knows that <laughs> That's a pretty good understanding. Like, hey, this is probably going to suck. It's going to be okay. And that's what he talks about. Whether rich or poor, whether they're a forest or not, be of good cur- be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the ripe grapes. Just bring me back something. Learn something mm-hmm. while, you're, while you're there. Bring back something that's good. I know that there's going to be a lot of bad, but bring us back a little taste of, of what's good. Um, they departed. They came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation, and they brought, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong; the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. Blah 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 blah. Caleb. Nephilim. (laughs)
1: No.
4: no, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, "Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are for we are well able to overcome it." But the men who had gone up with him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they gave the the children of israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone and spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature so you thinking that they were like cannibals like
3: no they were nephilim
1: nephilim right you never heard that
4: does that the sons of like D- devours its inhabitants does that mean that like they actually
1: like oh wait read uh, that again or, i didn't oh, wait, i didn't hear that part read you that you they're actually cannibals you'd have to see like what kind of word is used as devours you know 32. like the, like does it does it like mean overtaking. like yeah does it mean like consumed physically through the mouth to stomach or does it just mean like like they just they you know oh. they swallow them up whole like they never had a chance you i don't know, know. well, well that, so you have to figure that the, out
3: the the people were nephilim like that that is it's one of
4: the, it's a that's theory. what it's that's it's what it, theory. i don't know it says it in your bible <laughs> it says uh chapter 13 verse 33 giants this term was used for a group of strong men who lived on the earth before the flood
1: is ne- that your nephilim that's your nephilim
4: the descendants of Anak were an exaggeration compared to these giants which led the spies to view themselves as grasshoppers before that
3: wait the sons of Anak were what compared to these
4: the descendants of Anak were an exaggeration compared to these giants. Oh, oh okay. Also, okay. so wait—that's
3: that is saying that they are comparing they it theirs. to Nephilim. Yeah, I was, not they're just big.
1: No, yeah, I was I was just gonna say. Um, I forgot. I kind of was zoned out. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, that became a figure of speech. Mm-hmm. That that w- that started getting used. Like people would just be like calling people Nephilim if they were big. You know, mm-hmm. like, how we just say people are giants. Uh, people call them that. Oh,
3: so so there, there's Goliath wasn't probably wasn't actually descendant of Nephilim, he's just huge. Yes. Oh, that's depressing.
4: Yes. <laughs> um, so regardless, as as you continue to read on, the bottom line is that they sent these spies out to the land. They came back with a bad report, like, hey, there's no way we could ever take that over. These people are giants; they would stomp us out. Um, and they continued to doubt. Why has the Lord brought us into the land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. So now they're starting to doubt Moses. Right. Um, Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in the wilderness so they continue to doubt they continue to doubt um at one point in time moses uh falls on his moses and aaron i think fall on their face it's just to the point like i mean we read this stuff and i mean we just read like hey they fell on their face but i mean you got to think too like they're at the point of just complete exhaustion (laughs) yeah they're just so like tired like this is this is
3: no wait this is before he banishes them for 40 years right
4: because um,
3: right after this yeah. when they say yeah, they can't do kind. it then he's like all right then you're not doing it
4: yeah can't do it don't do it yeah i think you're right i think you're right in saying that it might actually be, be- no, no no it, no, it, it is. is after it's, after, it's after yeah yeah you're right it is um,
1: it's the whole premise of it. yeah because then
3: he's like it's for your kids you don't get it
1: yeah it's like the whole point of the story right right well, not the whole point um so regardless what i'm saying is that
4: so they went out they brought the fruit back. The fruit was really nice, but what was holding them back from the fruit um, were fear. these giants, and yes, fear of getting trampled on, or what I would say, what this story is trying to tell us is is just what everything in the world that holds us back from the the land of milk and honey and the fruit that God has for us. It's there. We can see it. We can we can bring it back, but if, can we actually live in it if we're um surrounded by fear and things that hold us back from stepping into the into what god really wants for us we we hold ourselves back you know i really Mm -hmm. like that
1: the way you said that
4: that was good so i mean it's not me it's god (laughs) but um i that's that's how i'm starting to to view these books now i think like i mean numbers it sounds so boring but like there's a lot of really really good tidbits and revelations in numbers that like i think People miss out on a lot of times. Because it's like,
1: oh, Numbers, oh Exodus. And, well, I mean, if it had, had nothing know? for us, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. Right,
4: right, exactly. It's actually a really, like, a really good book. Like Thomas, you love violence and all this stuff. Dude, <laughs> there's so much blood in, in like these, like, last three books of the Bible I've read. It's insane. You would love it. <laughs> but um, it goes on to so the, the beginning of Numbers was, basically, um, prepping prepping people for battle, getting ready to take on all of these towns. So as you continue to read on, it goes on to talk about uh, um, Balak as well, which um, has to do with like the, to- the talking donkey and whatnot. Um, I've actually
3: never read that story.
4: Are you familiar with it? Not really. Not really. I know that it exists. It we should cover it. It's really good.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I,
3: people always talk about it, but I've never actually like.
1: It just sounds like a drug trip. Honestly, I don't know. Fucking donkey. It it might have been. Yeah, it kind of does sound. You like, never know. True. It's. I mean,
4: honestly, it's like one of those stories that almost sounds like a little bit of a stretch. I mean, I don't. I hate to say that, but like at the end of the day, it's like, it's pretty far fetched. <laughs> um. Out of,
3: out of everything that you've read so far, that's what you're that's saying is far-fetched.
4: I'm like a, a, a really? The
3: plague of locusts in the Nile River turning to blood? I
4: mean, well, there's like proof of that stuff, is why, I'm, like, why I don't doubt that stuff. I talk
3: them. to donkeys all the time. <laughs> right? So there are four back. of them.
4: <laughs> but, um... Come right, on, so
3: that we, was funny!
4: <laughs> ba- ba- like, um... Where is it here? Uh, here it is. Balak sends for Balaam. Okay, so Bala-
3: I have a podcast with four of them. That's a better way to say it. <laughs>
4: um, Balak was the king of Moab. Um, Balak was somewhat concerned with the Israelites because I think he saw that the power that they had, and he was scared that they would overtake him. Because if you, if I mean, if you read through, like Israel was, t- if anything was in the way of Israel reaching the promised land. They destroyed um, it. Yeah, they destroyed it. They were they pl- steamrolling everyone. Yeah, they plundered it. Yeah, whatever. They took it over. They rolled their tanks on top of it and said, it's mine. Um, after God gave it to him, that was the plan, you know. But um, regardless, Balak was somewhat threatened for for his town and his area and just his prominence. Um, and he knew that he couldn't overtake Israel from the outside in um, with chariots or spears or anything like that he knew it wouldn't work because they had god on their side and he didn't so th- this is actually a really that's what really
3: intrigues me about these stories all of the the enemy was like i can't do it they have god why didn't the other people just be like man how do i follow that guy <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: well, <laughs> if, they, if he's they prob- winning they probably did but like at the time it was like the chosen people Jew were out you know yeah yeah
3: jew or out
4: but he knew that he had to crumble them from the inside out, which I think is, <laughs> which I think is what our culture is doing to us today with phones <laughs> and so on. Um, but regardless,
1: call back
3: w- to the last episode.
4: Seriously, what what Balak did was recruit Balaam, who was who had the gift of uh, prophecy, something like that.
3: Balik recruited Balaam. Yes. Okay.
4: Balaam had the gift of prophecy, and what he wanted to do was for Balaam to prophesy curses over Israel. Um, Interesting. So what he did, if we read through it, um, talks about so um, so the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand, and they came to Balaam and spoke to him with words of with words of Balak. And he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princess of Moab stayed with Balaam. Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? I mean, obviously God knew, but he just wanted Balaam to say it.
3: He so could- <laughs> wait, wait, before you go oh, any farther.
4: I do too, man. It cracks me up. Balaam them up. <laughs>
3: yeah. was, so Balaam was a Jew.
4: Um, I don't know.
3: Why was God talking to this man?
1: Why not? What what does it say
3: that Balaam was? Um seer.
1: A seer, is that what yours says? Sounds like one night, bro. <laughs> I don't I don't really know. I don't
4: know all the details, man. There's so much See I it. find so, I,
2: I find that interesting. There's a lot of background on on that specific story. Um Balaam was not a good guy. Um so he um How do you a, know about Balaam?
4: You've studied this well. before? <laughs> yeah. Mack oh, cool. way way
3: yeah. um, and Balaam go way back.
2: Yeah, we're, we're College like man. best friends, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, something, um, I actually have a uh, study guide that I got on numbers because I wanted to research that oh, story.
1: Interesting. Cool. Cool. Um,
2: so one of the things that it says here, um, knowledge of God is sometimes manifested in people who do not know God. Um, mm. So that was um, like he was able to, have these visions and things like that, but um, he he was not it was using it God. in a like priest like manner. Yeah. He was using it for his own personal. Oh game. yes,
4: I'm remembering um, that now. Yeah, that's right. So
2: yeah, there was um. It, basically, whenever whenever I first got into this story, it was one of those ones that was like, none of this makes any amount of sense because um, like further on, it goes into um, like God gives him permission to go and do whatever whatever he was, um, you know, pr- proposed to do. Mm. And then he's on the way, and all of a sudden God gets angry at him. I was like, none of this makes sense because mm-hmm. it doesn't follow any, like, logical <laughs> path yeah. or anything. But, yeah, once you, once you get into it, you see that um, basically he talked to God and got permission from God to go um, – tell uh, Balak that he wasn't going to curse Israel because it was God's chosen people and whatnot. Um, and Even then, he
1: was like, yeah, bro, I'm not about that. Yeah,
2: he, so that's what, whenever he started going, he, he was, like, basically, in his mind, he was thinking, well, I got permission to go, so I'm get, just going to go, and then whenever I get there, I'll, I'll do the curse so I get my money, sort of thing. Um, so that's where, like, the whole mm, okay. story, but yeah.
4: Hmm. So whenever they that, were... At- that
3: that like makes me think about spiritual gifts Mm. and all of those kinds of things where it's like god created each and every person right and he gave all of us spiritual gifts whether we use them or not is up to us and whether we use them for what god intended or not is up to us
4: Mm.
3: that's what that makes me think
4: yeah i like it because if he,
3: if he if he's not a jew and he's not a man of god but he still
2: has the gift god gave him the gift yeah that's where um like in the middle of chapter 24 i think uh verses 15 and 16 um like he makes it a big deal um that everybody knows like hey i i get insight from god like all the time like i'm i'm a cool dude like, sort of thing. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, Tuesday, bro but kind of like the the overarching theme from that story that i got um most clearly out of it was the fact that it, you you can know all sorts of things about god and still be so far from him mm-hmm. it's like it's a
1: mm-hmm.
4: all,
2: all right good. keep going Matt
4: no that was good one of the things that i did want to know while you were talking there mac is in chapter 22 verse 15 after um, God is speaking with Balaam and God's like hey man don't don't do that um, you can go and you can, I mean you can do whatever you want to do he basically gives him permission but doesn't condone what he's doing yeah you know um, Balak's kind of on the fence about or Balaam's kind of on the fence about it and Balak ends up recruiting this is what it says in 15. Then Balak again sent princes more numerous and more honorable than they. So, okay, what does that mean? They huh. probably came back with a better offer. No, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. A, that's exactly <laughs> it. Either, it. Either either more like, money or hey. So,
2: so that that was actually one of the things because they're they're um, coming to him to be like do this curse, uh, perform perform these curses. We'll we'll pay you whatever. Wizard so, for hire. Why? Um, like he was he was taking a while because he was communing with god and mm-hmm. everything during this time so they were like hey and god doesn't work on your time frame. let's sweeten the deal sort of thing yeah. and so they came back with uh, a lot more
4: <laughs> yeah what actually ended up happening to uh balaam did he did god kill him what or um, did he not get to go into the promised land or what what happened to him i can't remember how that ends
2: yeah so i think um
3: or was it? Well, so the, based off of you saying that, that makes me feel like you thought he was a
2: Jew. Well,
4: I, I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know. Yeah,
3: that.
2: I'm not 100 percent sure on that part either. Um, I
1: was saying the same thing. I got lost there for a second. I don't.
4: I don't know. I can't remember. But I think there were repercussions for his actions. Regardless, we should to. ask him. Yeah,
3: repercussions uh-huh. because he was willing to help the enemy.
4: Because he he used God,
1: he he, he was didn't do what God wanted. Gifts
2: right. Okay, the opposite of what he was.
1: He used God's powers against God's people. Yeah. Right. Mm. And he used used it for himself. That's the way a pastor would say uh, it. That was not a good look for that man. No. He used it for himself to glorify himself and not to glorify God. Yeah. Not the move, man. No, not the move at all.
4: But regardless, so um, Balaam ends up uh, doing, I think it's like three ceremonies of like this altar and that altar. And Balak tells him, hey, I want you to curse these people but the one thing that balaam did promise the lord was that he would only speak what the lord told him to speak and he was only able to speak blessings on the israelites well that obviously pissed balak off because he <laughs> promised to pay him a whole bunch of money and all this stuff so he's like okay do it again he did it again then i even think he did it a third time right or was it just two um, i don't know maybe it was just two regardless he made him try it a couple more times And um, he was only able to speak blessings onto the people. So obviously Balak's pissed because he's out a whole bunch of money and Balaam didn't do what he wanted him to do. I
1: wonder what that,
3: like, logistically looks like. Like, what do these curses, what do speaking blessings over his people look like? Like, that's what what really interests me about the Bible is, like, the witchcraft side of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The stuff that we don't really need to know, unfortunately. Dude, I
3: want to watch witchcraft. I want to watch people get yeah, smitten.
4: I would want to see it too, actually. <laughs> I think that would be sweet.
3: Like, I don't want to. I don't want to like do bad witchcraft, but like, there's got to be good witchcraft. If witchcraft exists, there has to be good versions and bad versions.
4: See, see, that is where the Israel. The, your exact feeling right now is what pissed god off so much about the israelites because they they kept going back to the golden calves at mount sinai and they kept going back and doing all these things because they just you couldn't quite stop because it was too interesting and intriguing do you know what i feel the same way
3: because probably when they did the golden calf stuff because as we as we read all of these things we see a lot of spiritual and otherworldly things happening right I bet when they prayed to the golden calf, prayed to all of these other idols and gods, they saw spiritual things happening. Mm-hmm. But with God, it only happened when He wanted it to happen.
4: Oh, uh, right.
3: And so with with all these other things, if they would, if the people would just pray to them, they'd give them stuff mm-hmm. and be like, "Here's a thing. This happens." <laughs> and so it was probably exciting, but they didn't want to wait for God.
2: Yeah, there's actually uh, that was that was another. Uh, one that I did a little bit more research on. Um, so whenever whenever the exodus happened, um, it was all of the Israelites and then Egyptians went with them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of indicators in that section, like before and after, that the golden calf was more on the Egyptian side of things. Yeah. Um, because they were bringing in their culture at the time. Um, and with Moses, I mean, if you if you try to put yourself into into that story, where you've just left everything that you've ever known, and you're in the middle of nowhere, and the leader of your group just went up onto a mountain, and <laughs> he's not coming back for a month. Yeah. And so it's like, it, getting a little bit more perspective on it def- <laughs> definitely changes that one. Yeah, I just feel bad for the Israelites. They're just real <laughs> dumb. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Um, but it, uh, it goes on to talk. Okay. So that didn't work, right? Yeah. Um, Balak wanted to destroy the Israelites from the inside out because he knew he couldn't approach them from the outside in. So what he did then, um, they ended up splitting ways. Um, what, uh. What happened then from Balak's perspective is he actually recruited some of the, um, I think it was Midianite women, is that right? Midianite women to go into the Israelite encampments and seduce some of their young men for sexual immorality and whatever else, which is an ingenious way to obviously get into the hearts of um, the center of the camp. But regardless later on in the chapter this is verse 20 or chapter 25 now um obviously moses and god figured out about this and the
3: i mean god knew right but yeah.
4: those midianite women i think what does what does ba- does Baal have to do with sexual immorality Baal of peor or whatever does that have something um, to do with it was some type of yeah idol? that's
2: um the moabites right. uh like their uh cultures god mm-hmm. at the time um yeah that's what.
1: well whoever these Wasn't, wait not not like Baal the god are you talking about bell the god mm-hmm. yes that's a god of fertility yes exactly yeah. yes yeah, that's yeah, what it was yeah, that's what it is so it's it, so uh,
3: just about bail before you go any farther it's uh-huh. very interesting how long Baal lasts like, Ever. what what, yeah, like... what? demonic force was Baal that he was so powerful to last till Elijah?
1: Baal? Isn't that, uh, Baal is short for what the, oh, hold, on, hold on,
3: hold on. I'm just on, saying, I'm just saying, imagine how how much of an authority mm-hmm. this guy probably was in the hierarchy of demons, mm-hmm. that he lasted that long and had that many people. Oh,
1: bob that's the one it's the same it's the same yeah it's just a twist
4: it's it's the same god it's just a twist yeah Yeah. and it it does continue to change names a little bit throughout history but it's it's just the same deity or whatever yeah like if you
2: if you like just thinking about that right now it's like all of these other um people and like the 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 populations of the of that day were basically all worshiping the same Mm -hmm. alternate
4: sex sells man (laughs) Yeah. It does. Always has. Probably always has. I mean, until honestly, Orleans. I think that's probably why he had such a close <coughs> grip. So, regardless, the, the prostitutes that came in and seduced these dudes Whoa. did it in the name. Baal's the god
3: of fertility. Right?
1: Yeah. I think he just figured out what we already knew? I Abortions.
3: Did, yeah. The whole no, Roe v. Wade thing going on right now. Uh-huh. That makes sense. They're, like, you know how we've talked about how demons have had to switch up their strategy because nowadays the things are different.
0: It's
4: mm. <laughs> interesting. You should do some research That's on a, that. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. That would be interesting. Um, those prostitutes did what they did in the name of Baal. Um Obviously God knew it. Um, Makes it aware to Moses. They invited the people to do their sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bound down to their gods. So Israel was, Israel was joined to Baal, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun. Dude, God is pissed now. <laughs> that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. We're doing,
3: so, we're doing public exec- executions now. <laughs>
4: so Moses said to the judges of Israel, every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal. So apparently this is like no joke. Like you, you let Baal into the scene and it's like game over. over. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I, like I think God's just shutting it down. Um, And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brother and a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. I think she feels I think she feels kind of bad. I think she knows what she did was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when Phinehas, uh, the son of blah, 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 and the son of Aaron, the priest saw it, he rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. And those who died in the plague were 24,000.
3: 24,000, like...
4: So I think what, I think what, I think God was letting it fly for a little while. He was letting it fly and it got to the point where like, yeah, like, okay, this is starting to take over. Now it's getting really bad. We have to stop this now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And there has to be blood that makes atonement for it. In a sacrifice, you know, going back to Leviticus and stuff. So I,
3: I love that the the guy was just like, "Oh, it's him!" Got up and ran with a spear. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. But um, it later on in chapter thirty-one, it talks about the the vengeance of the Midianites. Um, this is God getting back at them for what they did hmm Um they end up plundering the city. They took what was it, a thousand people from each tribe? From, yeah. Twelve thousand people total. Went into the Midianite encampment or whatever, ended up plundering all of them. Um but they brought back some of the women and the children. They felt kind of bad.
3: Yeah. seems which, like a bad idea,
4: right? Which didn't really fly. Which <laughs> I mean, they bring back the women, which is the very thing they got that, them that. in this predicament <laughs> yeah. to begin with, um, but I mean, you can hardly even blame them. Like you really want us to kill, like you got to put yourself in their shoes. Like we're really going to like yeah. kill all these people. Do like. you, so do you
3: think that it was that the, are we going to kill all these people? Or do you think it was
2: <laughs> temptation? <laughs>
1: we sure we don't want to hold on to a couple.
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: it might've been,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe
1: they were good-looking either. chicks, man. Well, I'm sure they were. Usually the bad I mean, ones they, don't sell too If well. they slept with twenty-four
3: thousand yeah. men.
1: I mean, uh, yeah. One thing's for sure, they do sound experienced. <laughs> What's, no, that's not even the word I wanted. What's the uh, se- seasoned? They're veterans. <laughs> <Seasoned>. They're seasoned. <laughs> they are seasoned sinners. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, we, we sure we gotta we, trade all
4: of one. them? <laughs> are we sure? We really want to get rid of all of them, like every last one? <laughs> there's a couple there's a
3: couple seasoned ones in here. So that's
1: what you I mean, over there. I don't know,
4: man. I mean that's what they did. So they they brought them all back to Moses and Moses says to them, Have you kept all of the women alive? Look, these women caused the children of Israel through the council of Balaam to trespass against the lord in the incident of peor i
3: mean he said exactly what we said like they're literally what the problem was and you think you didn't need to kill them
4: now therefore kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman who has known a man intimately but keep alive for yourselves all the young girls who have not known a man intimately so save the virgins but I guess the season—that's what we're the saying. <laughs> kill, kill all the season because they, the they were the ones that sent them into this tailspin to begin with. But it goes on, and the part that I really think is cool is I believe that this is the same. Are you familiar with the uh, their inheritance and whatnot, like the Whom? uh
1: like the Israelites? You mean, or
4: oh, here, chapter thirty-one. Hold on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the, this is the same story, chapter thirty-one. So after they take after they take over the Midianites, they kill all of the people. They take all of their plunder, all of their bronze, iron, gold, silver, um, everything that you everything that can endure fire you shall put through the fire and clean it. And it shall be pur- purified with the water of purification. But all that cannot endure fire you shall put through water. So they're cleaning all this stuff off. It must have been like. I don't know, just like symbolic of like, hey, so, this stuff was, came from dirty people, let's clean it up. I mean, like, you,
3: all of you guys have met my mother, right? Yeah. And, so. and, oh, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. And the, she and, would like this. Does she know about And the sage this? and all that stuff that she does, she sages our house constantly because it's like cleansing of evil spirit. That's. I, I feel like that's exactly what it is. There is an evil oh, spirit oh, yeah. attached to these items. G- clean all of it. Huh. Get sense. it all prepared for God's house.
4: Does your mom know about get, this? I get, feel like she would like this. I don't know.
1: Get the sex demon off the cows. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> off, the, off the pottery. And If the cows can't
4: endure
3: fire, just dump them in a lake.
1: Right. <laughs> um,
4: but this is the part that I think was, it really hit home for me. Um, they count up the plunder that was taken of a man and of beast, and they divided the plunder between the congregation. Um, seems fair <laughs> right and divide the plumber, plunder into two parts between those who took part in the war and those who went out to battle and all the congregation and levy a tribute to the lord of the men of war who went out to battle one of every 500 of the persons the cattle the donkeys the sheep take it from their half give it to the priest and heave offering to the lord and from the children of israel's half you shall take one of every fifth drawn from the person so, who who did not go to war? So, now we're just divvying
3: fair. up the goods because that's the right thing to do.
4: Right. But the seems people fair. that went to war per capita got a lot more stuff than the people seems who fair. didn't yeah. go to war. Yeah. Seems fair
1: like, to me. Like a lot. They did the work. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I, like, what, like, I what? forget what the math was. It one in 500 compared to one in five. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It was super substantial. Times more. Right. Worth it. I think, I think it's fair. But this you is the anything, you shouldn't
4: get much. Right, I agree, but this is the part that I thought was cool. The booty, re, the booty remaining from the plunder, which the men of war had taken, was 600 blah, 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 Lots of basically a lot. And half yeah. the portion for those who had gone out to war was blah, blah, blah. Um, and the children of Israel's half, which Moses separated from the men who fought. Now the half belonging to the con- congregation was 337,000 blah, blah, blah. But this is the part that I thought was cool. Therefore, we have brought an offering to the Lord, what every man found of ornaments of gold, silver, uh, bracelets, necklaces. So Moses and the priests received the gold from them, all the fashioned ornaments and all the gold from the offerings they had offered the Lord from the captains and thousands of hundreds and sixteen thousand seven hundred shekels. The men of war had taken spoil every man for himself and Moses. Oh, wait, this was the part. Have taken account. Oh, hold on! I skipped a part that was really important. Your servants have taken account of the men of the war who were under our command, and not a man of us is missing. Therefore, we brought an offering to the Lord. And then it continues on to say, and Moses and Eleazar the priest received the gold from the captains of the thousands of hundreds, and brought it into the tabernacle of meeting as a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord. So the people who were blessed went to war got the blessings, realized, while we're even more blessed than than we knew because we didn't have a single casualty, we need to praise God for this. And they brought a a very large piece of their plunder to the tabernacle to build a memorial so that they wouldn't forget God's blessing. So if we track this the whole way back into Balaam, Balak, it, it goes to show the the awful situations that that we get put in and it goes to show like we say all the time how god can take an unfortunate situation and take something that's dirty and ugly and turn it into something that's beautiful and i think that that's what the people that went to war and put their neck out on the line for god did and they were blessed for it and after they were blessed they even took another step further to give some of it back to god so that they wouldn't forget that's the, and then it goes on to talk about, all right, hey, here's where we can, and then in chapter 33, it goes on, like I said, to talk about, all right, let's record everything that got us up to this point. I think that it was really like a turning point for Israel, like, okay, this is all really starting to, to like make sense. Like, okay, we're, we didn't lose a single person through our war. God blessed us. We're blessing God. Like, hold on, everybody we got to take a minute and we got to write this down. This is, this is powerful. And I think it was a revelation that they had. Like, wow, God, look at everything that God has done for us in chapter 33. We started out in Egypt. We went here. We went there. People were executed. People were killed. We went through trials and strife and suffered. And, and it was really, really hard. But look where God has brought us and look where we're at right now. Let's take a moment to, to really just focus in and hone in on everything that God has done for us before we step into step into the peace of the land of milk and honey and the sweetness that, that God's had in store for us all this time. I think that's like super, super cool.
2: Yeah, the the whole book of Numbers is really, really cool whenever you um, take it. Uh, the first like 15, 16 chapters are all in reference to the uh, generation that was... You know, banished to the wilderness. Uh, they had to wander, wander through there, and then starting near uh, like chapter thirty-ish. Um, it's the new generation of of hope, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it, there's uh, like basically the exact same stories. Um, whenever you compare them, whenever you're going through like the beginning and then in the middle, it's. Um, comparing both generations and what's going on so you can like see the complete 180 yeah. that, that they're doing so when did he talk to a donkey
4: BC something no, I
3: mean you Something didn't tell these, me. I mean that this, was I this asked whole conversation you conversation
1: started by us asking can you read? You us never told story? me when he, anyway, talked to anyway, he talked to the donkey oh. He talked
0: to the donkey whenever God got like God got or um, he was he was going to do the curses on Israel Balaam. Yeah, Balaam, was yeah. okay, so and that's was, the guy that talked he to a donkey he, okay. was riding, he was riding his donkey and the donkey stopped because it saw one it saw an angel in the road with a sword <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And it was talking to Balaam saying, "Hey, we're not going any further because otherwise you're gonna die." I, I've been your donkey mm. for twenty years. Right? I know so you, says, boy. Balaam started beating the donkey, and that oh no, no, that's what happened. He Bala- like the donkey stopped. Balaam started beating it, and then the donkey talked to him. And was like, "Why are you beating me? I'm trying to
4: save your life." Mm, okay. I think I think that Trusted Balaam donkey. ended up um, reaping rewards, or sorry. Reaping consequences of his actions, there. She really? That doesn't sound right.
2: He. Um, um, I can't
4: remember what happened. I don't remember the end of the
2: story. They, they, he, he was killed, um, in, like the the Moabites' ordeal.
4: Oh, really? I thought there were no casualties. Well,
2: uh, the, because the Moabites had a lot of casualties
4: in the. In the um,
2: yeah, because the the, the the king like dismissed him or whatever, and he.
4: So is that whenever, like, the spear started and it killed 26,000 people or whatever? Balaam died by the sword. In uh, Joshua thirteen twenty two says...
2: Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. 31, uh, 8.
4: Died in battle.
2: They also killed Balaam.
4: It states that Balaam taught Balak to cast a stumbling block. I don't know. I'll get there. Joshua, soon. I'll get there. Keep you guys posted.
3: Alright, well... What are your What are your final?
4: Summing it up, I mean, I think I pretty much did sum it up. Yeah. Just tracking, just tracking back. I mean, I think they got uh, the the thing that numbers made me understand is that this isn't just like a historical story. Um, it's about our life, about everybody's life. Everyone could relate this to their life in some way or another. But walking through the trials and getting yourself organized and cleaned, and it's something that like Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. And I think that's what the beginning of Numbers is all about whenever they take a census and they count all of the people that are prepared for battle. And like Jordan Peterson talks about, like, hey, get cleaned up. We made our sacrifices. We chose the way, like like I said, Leviticus, we made our sacrifices. We chose the way that we want to live. Numbers is about cleaning yourself up, picking yourself up off the ground after you fell on your face, and um, carrying your cross. and and moving forward regardless of how hard it is, but making sure that you you are seeking the promised land and God's and what God promised you of peace and love and hope in the end, but not losing sight of that, continuing to move forward, um, to sort of replay you so that's yeah. what I think numbers is all about.
2: Something else that I uh while I was going through um, the like research and whatnot on numbers um is like the uh the priests and everything were never part of battles or anything because war essentially defiled them Mm -hmm. and so they were unable to be in the presence of god (laughs) so that, that that was kind of like one of those uh arguments on like how does god command people to kill blah 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 um it's it serves a purpose um but it's it's not without its consequences in and of that self. Um, so, like, all of the warriors were never close to God and like, the physical aspect of, like, they couldn't go into the tabernacle. Which is probably why they
3: were blessed
2: and the priests, they weren't as blessed yeah. with items right? because they were in God's presence. Yeah, so that was just something, like, something else. So That's that cool. Quite interesting. Yeah, I like that.
3: All right, well... This has been Common Chaos Podcast, episode 67. Hope you all enjoyed. Thomas, what do they do?
0: Check out the website. Um, Hopefully, we'll have some new stuff coming. I know we always say that, but I'm saying it again because I can. Um, Links for all the podcast episodes and the social medias are there. That's all i got.
3: Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye, everybody.